0: And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. Stevie D, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. I, I, I'm with you. I am too. I mean, there, there's a lot of speculation, some rumors floating around there for your boys in green and um, maybe green to green, little hint, hint, maybe that that's going to happen. Uh, we, we had a retirement again, part two, uh, today. No surprise, I guess. Um, when, when you looked at how the season ended for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, to see Brady say he's going to hang it up. Uh, I think he got his feelings hurt too, because Josh McDaniel said, no, I think, uh, I'll go with Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, I think that may have hurt the feelings a little bit. Um, uh, so Brady's gone. What do you think? Your thoughts?
1: It's about time, right? 46. Um, If you watch watch the last six weeks of the season or so, it looked really bad. If you watch the tape, and maybe he watched the tape and said, oh, my God, I'm a shell. I I shouldn't be playing anymore because he, he didn't want to take a hit. He was afraid to take a hit, and he was throwing the ball in the dirt just so he wouldn't get hit. And if he just stayed in that half a second more, he could have delivered that pass to the guy in the flat and gotten a completion instead of spiking it into the ground. So it's time for him to move on. Look, your motor skills diminish. There's nothing wrong with it. You're 46, right? You've played, what, 24, 25 years in the league? You're good. Time to move on. Enjoy the family while you can.
0: You know, I think that last Super Bowl, and I said it, but that last Super Bowl win that they had um, when when he was with Tampa, I I think that really was the end, and, you know, it – they always talk about going out on a high note. That should have been it, uh, because after that, I, I his mind may have said, I, "I or yeah," his mind may have said, "I still want to play," but then the body was saying something different. That came back to the mind, and you, you could definitely see just I can say scared, right? But didn't want to take a hit. I mean, no quarterback wants to take a hit, right? But Yet when you don't want to step up in the throw, knowing that the rush is coming, and you don't want to step up and, and deliver that ball, knowing you're going to get hit, and instead you opt to just throw the ball at the feet of players or throw it way out of bounds or something like that, just to get rid of the ball, yeah, you, you know you're doing more harm than good, and and you can see that with Tampa Bay's offense this year. I mean, all all throughout, you can see it in their offense and it just was there there were some pieces missing and that that was the big piece having that type of quarterback in there to deliver to Evans or Godwin um you know or some of the others that they had there so you know i i, I, I i'm not going to miss tom I'm not going to miss tb12 i'm not going to miss alex guerrero um not gonna miss <laughs> well you know and, and we we may find that the league has been cleaned up a little bit with Alex going. Just saying, just saying we may we may find speaking of that, didn't Julian Edelman get suspended for um yeah, yeah, yeah. Never really heard much about that though, did you? Just another example of how they how they kept it swept under the rug, you know, when they do things. Hey Terry, how are you? Just a, another example of how when they do things get caught, how you know they try to get rid of the story, get rid of the evidence and how the how the NFL is, is complicit with you know hiding those things. so um, let, let's let's move on Uh our Tom hopefully for good be, it will be interesting. it will be interesting. JJ Watt and Tom will be in the same Hall of Fame class. Yep. Will Aaron Rodgers be in that same class? I that don't think would be retired. it. I don't think retired. That would be interesting. Oh, man, could you imagine that? There will be a fight backstage to see who goes last. I thought they do it in alphabetical order. <laughs> they, they, they They want to get the primetime guy. They're not going to put Brady on it at, at, at 535 p.m. <laughs>
1: well, look, look. Aaron Rodgers' ego is so big. <laughs> that he won't retire this year because he doesn't want to be in the same Hall of Fame class. I think he's going to look at all the retirees and say, yeah, no, I'm not going to retire this year, right? I think he wants to be the mainstay from,
0: from that year that retires and be the only first on pal. Just going down the list, hey, are you retiring this year? Okay, good. <laughs> hey, go all the way down the list. <laughs> and then call back the Packers or or potentially the Jets and say, hey guys, I'm good for another year, right? So and so is gonna retire. I don't know. We'll see. That 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 would that would be typical of Aaron Rodgers fashion there. Stevie D. Uh we have a lot of different uh coaches that now are in new places. Uh, you have Peyton. Yeah, and- well, I got a coach's
1: story that I, I, like okay. to, I like to kind of talk about since we're going to talk about coaches here. And uh, yeah. um, it, it goes back uh, to the 1992 Jets. So you got to stay with me a little bit here. And the reason why I want to tell the story is that I recently I got connected with uh, uh, Coach Al Roberts, who was the strength and conditioning coach for the New York Jets back in 92. We got connected on Facebook, and I thought it would be a great story to tell. In um, an interaction he had with me and my friends um, at, at training camp at Hofstra University um, in, in in 92. And, and so what was interesting about the 92 season, there's a couple of things with the 92 season. One, Pete Carroll was the defensive coordinator back in 92, um, so there's a connection with a current coach in the NFL. Um, Dennis Bird, um, we got to hang out with Dennis Bird all summer. That was the year, unfortunately, in the end of November, he broke his neck against the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at home. On November 29th that year, but uh, so uh, how the story goes and I'm hoping that my, my boy Tim is going to be, uh, you know, hopefully chatting in. I don't know if he's going to be able to listen or not, but uh, uh, we went to Jets training camp like we did every year, but in 92, uh, we'd go watch the first practice and then the players would come off the field and by the fence, they walk by this one fence and they'd sign autographs, right? Um, and then you would break for lunch. There was a couple hour break and then you come back and watch the afternoon session. So me and Tim, like clockwork, we take the bus, thirty-minute bus ride over to the to the Hampshire University and watch the practice. Right, so Dennis Bird would come over and sign. And one day he says to to the people over there, "He said, you know, anybody who cuts your hair like mine, I'll give you a hundred dollars and make you worth your wild." Right, and so now I'm going into my senior year, so the haircut was a mohawk. Right, so my mom was not going to lie that one up. Just just let you guys know right now. Mom was not having that one right. So, but Tim Tim goes home, he's like, Ma, you know, I can get a hundred dollars to make my work my wild if I get my cut like a bohawk. So Mrs. Costello, she goes and cuts the hair. So the next morning we go up and the next day we go up and we, we see Dennis Bird at the end of the session. Hey, Dennis, hey Dennis, she's seeing hair goes, Yeah, it's good, but it's not quite like mine. Cut it like mine, and, and we have a deal. So that we go home the next that night gets the haircut and we go back the next day and sure enough, Dennis comes back over. Great, great person. with, with giving his time. He comes over. He goes, absolutely. Okay. It goes, he points across the the parking lot there because we were behind the fence, right? So all the way where the players park, he goes, you see that guy over there? We said, yeah. He goes, go see that guy and tell him that you're representing Dennis bird. And uh, they'll call into the office and then I'll let you in. Uh, and he goes, so do you want the $100 or make it worth your while? So I'm, my buddy Tim, rolling the dice, baby, right? He's like, make it worth my while. So we go around to, we called him Smokey the Bear because he had that outfit like Smokey the Bear had on with the big hat, right? So we go over to him and uh, they call in, they let us in. So Dennis comes out, he meets us, shakes our hand. I mean, he's just a large man, right? I mean, I'm even going to buy 17 and I was getting pretty tall at that time. And I was just like, this guy's just massive. And so, uh, so he he goes in, he comes out um, with um, jet stickers that go in the helmet, uh, signed collage photos of him, uh keychains, all this like knickknack stuff, yearbook. And so he comes out and he goes, how's that? Is that good? He goes, can I get a football? He's like, <laughs> yeah, hold on, let me go inside. So he goes inside, grabs a football, signs a football for him, gives him the football. So things are going good. He's like, is there anything else you could do? He's like. Can I get you know passes to kind of see you guys practice? And he goes, absolutely. You want to come every day? You come every day. And here's the note. He wrote on it because we had once we got in, we had to get a pass. And he gave us his phone number to call. And he says, every day you call this number and you just tell him you're representing Dennis Bird and they'll and they'll let you in. And then you'll get escorted back into the office and they're going to give you a new pass. So the first time we did, we were all nervous, like, oh, he didn't tell anybody. right We're going to get out of there. They're going to throw us out like you crazy kids, right? So we do it and we get in, and the guys like just go straight in and go into the office. So you go in the office and they have the trophy case, right? So you see the Lombardi trophy as soon as you kind of walk in and you go over to the corner and and you sign in. So we got the pass. So every day we're in there meeting players. I mean, Freeman McNeil, Al Toon, I mean Blair Thomas, it was just everybody. So I made Pete Carroll, got everybody's autograph, Brian Washington, Marvin Marvin Washington, everybody, Scott Mercerell. So anyway. So, all of a sudden, we, we run into this coach, right? Coach Al Roberts. Now, we didn't know it was Coach Al Roberts. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know it was Coach Al Roberts. But so it's me, Tim, and another buddy, my best man, my wedding, Randy Ragon, who, who passed some years back. And so we go up to Coach, coach Roberts. And I'm like, hey, Coach Roberts, you got to do us a favor. I mean, typical 17, 16 year old kids. Coach Roberts, you got to do us a favor. He's like, yeah, what, what can I do for you, fellas? I says, well, you, you got to beat the Eagles. OK, in the preseason game, you got to beat the Eagles. Right. And then when you don't beat Eagles, you got to take care of the, 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 the Washington Redskins. Right. And then you got to take care of the Green Bay Packers. And we run through the Green Bay Packers. We run through the New York Giants. And then oddly enough, we had five preseason games that year and we played the Eagles twice on the last one. So we played the Eagles the first game, the last game. And we said, you got to beat them all. And Coach Robert says, OK, he goes, repeat after me. Preseason. So like preseason, you, know, you got to get into it. Preseason. So all three of you start chanting, preseason, preseason, right? We're getting all into it. Like we're chatting at a stadium. He goes, you got the message. It's preseason. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so we and it just, it struck me. in such a cool way. Cause we walked around like, like well, it, it is preseason. It really doesn't count. But you know, we're thinking about, you know, getting off to a good start and, you know, coaches, right? That's what I learned. Coaches don't care about the wins and losses preseason. It's about evaluation. And sure. that's what first dawned me, really, when we walked away from that, from Coach Roberts, was it's preseason. We're not here to win. We're here to evaluate. We're here to evaluate mm-hmm. our young kids and what they can bring to the table before cut down day. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just the coolest thing because he was so cool about it. And then he just what into he said it. He goes, it's preseason. Got it? See you, fellas. And, and he walks away. And it, it was so cool. It was such a great interaction with Coach Roberts. Um, it was. Uh, it was a summer to remember. Um, I think I sent you the photo with uh, the Jets drafted Browning Nagel, and there was a photo with I had my Blair Thomas jersey on. It was signed, and and uh, his his parent his aunt well, actually wound up taking the photo and actually sending the photos to my buddy Tim uh, with a note. Uh, you know, like I don't know. It was like a couple months later. We thought maybe she forgot about it, and then a couple months later, the, the photo showed up at the house. It was just a. It was a great summer. Um, so there's
0: questions. There's questions about this now. Hold on. There's questions. A. Did we ever get the hundred dollars? No, because he got
1: the passes <sighs> to get in, the football, the, the 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 sign. He even took the sticker right off his helmet. Um, I mean, he gave him so much stuff. I mean, the sign the alone, alone is, is right. worth. Right. It was just incredible how much stuff he got. But being on that side of the fence, I mean we had access to everybody. I got a signed football helmet, uh, Louis Aguilar, the the, the punter, right? I uh, I got met him I connected with him on Facebook, and I have his autograph, Pete Carroll. I got this jet helmet full of autographs. I got this jet team picture that's all signed with all all jet players and uh and every day Dennis came over and said hello and just said how you guys doing blah 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 it was awesome I had about a 45 minute conversation with Freeman McNeil just an incredible incredible guy just to give us time after a practice to talk to high school kids right I mean that's where we were and and give us the time and attention like he didn't have to go running in to go eat especially after the second practice they were they weren't in such a rush after the, the on the two days on the second one because you know you got to run in and eat prepare your body to go back out for another three yeah. hours of work so the afternoon session they were more gracious with their time um and it was just a an incredible summer because literally once we got that pass we were there every day literally every day we went um and it was it was just absolutely incredible and even back then in the 90s you couldn't believe the cars that were in the parking lot you're like dang
0: dude Mm-hmm.
1: Legit, right? Because some of them you, know, you get there early enough and you're watching them kind of pull in, you're like, "Ooh, boy, right? So it was great. Well, now
0: here's the next thing, Stevie D. Yeah. I think you have now just given away to all of our listeners how to get onto the field during training camp, right? You just gave it to you guys.
1: <laughs> but, you know, again, that was Hatcher University. They may have changed up their cadence. You see what I did there on what, what you have to say. Um, but uh, it was uh. And they went five and zero, and that was a great thing, Coach Roberts. We went five and zero, like we asked you to do it, and you guys did it. I should have said, I should have said, let's win the games in the regular season because in the regular season we went four and twelve, not so good. But if you add it all up, we really went nine and twelve. So, you know, it depends on how you want to look at it.
0: <laughs> now, one last question: yeah. Was was he? Was Coach Roberts like all the rest of the special teams coordinators, all jacked, all swole?
1: No, he, he wasn't a jacked-up muscular guy, no. no. Okay. No. But, yeah, uh, he I, was just a bundle of energy. Like He had so much energy. Uh, maybe that's what made us want to go seek him out because he just had a lot of energy. Uh,
0: so he, here, here would be if somehow you could really – you said you got connected. If somehow you could really connect with him, and if you'd be willing, it would be awesome uh, to come on the show because I I have questions, um, and I would love to speak with someone that was part of that strength and conditioning to see the way things are done now, right? And you talk about the training camp. You talked about the two a days, right? That's something that back in the day, that when they renegotiated, right, the the CBA and the terms, all of a sudden those things started getting stripped out and then you eliminate the extra preseason game. You have the mandatory rest days. You you have all these different nuances that have kind of been on the side of the players, but maybe it's because the players are faster, stronger, and all of that now, maybe. I don't know, and I'd love to hear his take on that, but there's definitely something that has changed where you see the durability and the pliability of the players before, to where it seems like there's more injuries now um, yes. than, than what you would have seen before. And yeah, I would be curious,
1: like um, ACLs, non-contact injuries. What would his what would be his take on why ACLs see so much more prominent today than back in in the early 90s? Um, and also uh, Achilles, right? All the Achilles tears. There, there seems to be a more. Well, this year seemed to be a lot less this particular year, but every year for like the last 10, 12 years, you always seen a, a good amount of of athletes go out with, a, with an Achilles tail, so a, a Achilles tear. So uh, I'm be curious on on his take and that, and then the concussions, uh, kind of what his take was when 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 he coached and what he saw with with concussions and and stuff, if he was willing to talk about that topic. But you know, he was just so much energy. Um, and it's amazing how a story sticks with you, right? I mean, True. now, I mean that is what thirty-one years ago, and it's clear as day in my head. Thirty-one years ago, because a coach took the time to to talk to three teens and um, and listen to us, right? And then have a joke and, and make fun of it—not fun of it, but you know, turn it into like a like a like a chant, and it was just something that stuck with me all those years, and then. Able to get connected with him on Facebook, I'm like, oh my god, to bring this story back 31 years later, uh, to yeah, me awesome. uh, is uh, it's great to remember Coach Roberts in that fashion.
0: You, you you know the best part of the story, Stevie D, that oh. the memory is still there as you age. That that that's the best part, right? Yeah. You know, you can talk about all the fun that you may have had, the people you met, things, but Stevie D, you you've, you've lasted. you you are a walking medical marvel. Because I can tell you that as I age, right, I can't tell you what I had for dinner last night, right? So, no, we're well, really I haven't
1: good. archived that section, right? You know, sometimes you got to go to the you know, the archives. You get erased after a certain amount of time. I, I guess I haven't gotten to that point where it's on auto purge. Um,
0: <laughs> so good deal. So we, Stevie D, thank you for that. And we were we we were headed down coaches as you brought up that that story there. Um, but we have coaches that that got hired this week. I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was holding out hope, and maybe I'm the reason why this all happened, right, because I said, oh, I know the perfect landing spot for Sean Payton. And lo and behold, I didn't realize that I was going to try to retract that statement because the real place Sean Payton should be going is to Buffalo, I and yes, again, I am saying this. He should be going to Buffalo and replace Sean McDermott, but he finds himself in Denver. It's an interesting move, right? I again I thought that you know this is the right place. Russell Wilson, some of the other offensive weapons that they had, Nathaniel Hackett just blew it there, right? And so it made sense. But then you start to think about it. Does not really make sense for Sean Payton? Because they already gave up a ton of assets to get Russell Wilson. Now you're going to have to give up assets to get Sean Payton. The cupboard's not bare. They have a great defense, right? But you, they're they're still off, right? And they still need to get some some pieces in place. And now you don't you don't have that. Good.
1: You know, it's like. The Jets, for many years, cannot hold on to their first-round draft picks, right? So many of them have been gone for the years, right, by drafting bad. I mean, we probably had a seven-year stretch where, within three years, that first-round pick was off the roster, right? And it was just bad there in the, from the 2013 year to about you know 2020. They're all gone, right? They didn't, sure. they didn't hold on to anybody, right? And you look at where the Jets organization, what they became over that time. When you lose that first-round draft pick year after year, it hurts your team because you you need that youth and that – that first round pick to kind of rejuvenize and, and get your team better, right? Because you're picking the best of the class within the first round, right? You, especially if you're picking high. And you look at what Denver did to get Russell Wilson and all those picks they traded. And now to bring in a coach to trade your 23 first rounder and a 24 second rounder, again, more picks that you don't get to replenish those older people as they get older and you want to age them out uh, due to lack of performance or whatnot or salary. You don't have the young players to step in. So it, it's really, it is really interesting. But I'll tell you, 17 to $20 million would make me want to sign on the dotted line too.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. No problem. And they said that that was going to be the asking price. They said that that's, you know, he was, I don't know if that was a tactic, right? We've all seen, whether it be buying the car or buying the house, right? Where you're like, all right, well, I'm going back. Right. And that's what he said. You know, I'll, I'll go back to Fox. And lo and behold, all of a sudden things started happening and the deal gets done and they're willing to to pay that type of money. Um, I wonder Brian, if he picked Denver. I wonder if he
1: truly picked Denver or on the other interviews, there wasn't as mutual interest in some of the other interviews, because you would think of having Sean Payton as that commodity of, oh, my God, he could be a, a changer within our organization. And there was openings. And that right. I wonder if he looked at it. Is out of all the positions, the best quarterback spot is Russell Wilson.
0: That but is it different spots?
1: I, I, uh, well, you got the Colts. You got nobody there. Tennessee. You really don't have anything in Tennessee. Um, there's well, Texans. You had the Texans at that time. So the open.
0: The the Texans is interesting, right? like you said at that time. So let, let's bring the two together, right? Because D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, gets the job there it's and and you liked him all along um you know going to Houston not a big fan of Houston and and everything there but the interesting thing with Domingo Ryans he may not have pulled the 17 to 20 million dollars that Sean Payton did but he got a six-year deal out of it right that that was that was big that shows commitment or at least on paper it shows commitment uh but he was willing to walk as well. And so I'm wondering what the conversations, if they were tied between the two, right, if they really were committed in Ryan's and, you know, what have you. I, I I like the Houston Texans position where they are with the draft capital that they have, where they are with their cap space. I think I like that a little bit better than what you have there in Denver. Uh, And I think that's a better place. I I don't know if Denver is going to work out for Peyton. I think he's a good coach, outstanding coach, great offensive mind. Uh, But, you know, I'm not sold on Russell. I don't think you could bring Russell back personally. Uh, And and if you could bring him back, if he was able to come back, Seattle never would have given up on him, right? And and I think there's something to it. Um, He needed to – from a Russell Wilson perspective, he needed to kind of clean up his persona with the Broncos. And, you know, then all of a sudden you start seeing where Russell said, I'm going to be a better teammate. Well, then why weren't you a better teammate when you first got there? Right. I'm going to do this. Well, why didn't you do that before you're the leader? Right. So there's something, there's something there. And I don't believe his statements are pure. I, I think that they're contrived from, You know, all the feedback, whether it be from the agents or the ownership or the GM or whatever, um, which is not a not a good situation. Right. You you can't anticipate longevity with that. And you can't anticipate that these players who really form a brotherhood are going to buy into what you're saying.
1: So I I wonder if Sean Payton is going to calm that ego a bit. You know, and maybe Russell ate a little bit of that humble pie because everybody said that you're nothing anymore. And I think it also came out that players weren't happy with him. So maybe he's got to eat some humble pie and Sean Payton is going to be the one that can help deliver that humble pie uh, to him. Right. Because he's got that cachet as a coach. Right. Not that Pete Carroll didn't have it, but, you know, Russell Wilson was believing he was bigger than the Seahawks, bigger than the coach, bigger than the GM and the owner. I own Seattle. Right. And so I think that ego just grew. And I and I think it happens to a lot of athletes, right? You sure. become bigger because everybody makes you bigger. And then you know you get traded. And you, you I guess you're really not as big as you thought you were. And obviously, <laughs> I thought you got it right when, when they made the trade. Obviously, it was clear as day Gino had a, a really solid year and Russell Wilson underperformed in Denver. Uh, yeah. But I, I it is a curious matchup to see what Sean's gonna devise for. Russell Wilson that often so that is a storyline D'Amico Ryan's in tech and with the Texans he comes home right he gets to go home and coach the team that drafted him and and and, and he became a star in the league for uh, but it's interesting is that he's in a lawsuit against the Texans and he said that the lawsuit has nothing to do with me being a coach there so I don't think he's stopping that lawsuit against the Texans it's just gonna proceed but uh, it was great that they were able to work around that and, and a, able to you know, hire him. I think it's, it's a, I, you said it best. It's the right move for DeMarco Ryans there in, in the Texans. They got a lot of things positive happening. And I think from a, for a fan base that's been screwed, I think it's nice that they got D'Amico Ryans, who to me, outside of Sean Baton is, is probably the hottest candidate for head coaching this off season. So a lot to be excited for in Houston, to see what how D'Amico Ryan's is going to you know rebuild that franchise. Uh, yeah, and it's a shame. Deshaun Watson was a year removed, right? If he would have hung on there, it would have been kind of cool to see how uh, Deshaun Watson would have been with, with Houston uh, with with
0: D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, yeah, but, uh, it is what it is. So, yeah, the coaching carousel continues. It, it also continues with coordinators being made the fall guy or the scapegoat. Uh, aside, you know, now interestingly enough, Kellen Moore leaves the Cowboys right instantly goes over to uh, the Chargers. Um, Is that legal tampering by the Chargers? You think? Well, it wasn't it a mutual
1: a mutual parting. Yeah, uh, so I don't, I think conversations had had in the background where they can say it was mutual. Why don't you step down? I we'll with say the, you, I
0: with the cowboys. Uh, there's no
1: I, I don't it's like the Jets saying they, they parted ways in a mutual understanding with with uh Mike LaFleur. No, there, there's no the organization doesn't want you anymore, they're just trying to put a spin on it. Right. The organization didn't want them. And they said, look, we're going in a different direction. Go ahead and seek if you can find employment now. Reach out to some teams because we're, we're going in a different direction. And I think that's what happened. He started reaching out and the charges had interest. And the firing happened and the hiring happened the same day. Uh, I think that's how that went down.
0: Yeah, so that that's going to be interesting. And then, you know, coming on the heels of the championship games, I don't think that there's going to be much movement from um, the two teams that Well, except for Ryan's, but you know, I I don't think we're going to see many changes there. And and now we're now we're there's some
1: things that are coming up though, right? Um, um, Because there's another coach, and I want to talk about the Colts uh, when we're when we're done here. I don't I don't want to forget about the Colts because it's interesting there with the Colts. But there is a story here in Kansas City, at least. Stevie D, yeah.
0: Stevie, pause for one second. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, my man. What's up, brother? You miss- Hopefully, did you hear the story? Hopefully, you heard the story. If not, when, when it's done, you got to go back and watch because I talked about the, the, the uh, Coach Roberts story. So, uh, uh, so you may have missed it. But uh, thanks for logging in and, and joining the show, man. Uh, hope you're going to like it. Um, But interesting here in Kansas City, there's talks. I don't know if you heard this, that the Commanders and Eric Bieniemy may take a lateral move to go to the Commanders. I thought that was an interesting take because, again, oh, nice. he does not call the plays here. So to go over to Washington where he can call the plays, I think that will help him, you know, hopefully take his career to the next level at becoming a head coach. So it could be a shakeup here. And then I could see the <laughs> shifting to Washington and then Megan well, shifting in that, that role that he had before.
0: So the has to be careful, right? Cause I, I don't, It's not that I doubt or question his ability to be, you know, a coordinator, a good coordinator or even a head coach. I'm not I'm not doubting any of that. But like we talk about all the time, it's you you have to find the right situation. Don't just move just to move. Right. Because now you're with this high powered offense in Kansas City and everything goes right right? The referees love you. Everything goes right for you. Hint, hint where we're going, but everything goes right for you. Now you go to another organization and A, your talent level is not the same as what you had in Kansas City, right? And then you, you're you not a benefactor of some of these questionable calls. So life is a little bit more difficult and maybe not a benefactor, but now all of a sudden it's going against you, right? All of a sudden they say, no, that really was delay a game. Or no, that really was holding, right? Or your quarterback gets hit late and they're like, no, that was fine, right? You you're having to overcome a lot of different hurdles. And where you think that you'll be able to shine may end up hurting you. And I think you said it uh on our last show, right? When we were talking about Dorsey, where you're the hot candidate, right? And they want to interview you for the head coaching job. You have a bad week, and all of a sudden you're you're an afterthought. That the same could happen for the enemy leaving Kansas city in that.
1: So I hear what you're saying there. Right. But it's like, you've been a coordinator now for five years and nobody looks at you in the league as an offensive coordinator because you're not calling the plays. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in his best interest to move on. I don't know if Washington to your point is the right place for him to go. Especially with right. Ron Rivera. Is he on the hot seat? What happens this year if he doesn't win and then the enemy comes over and they fire everybody. Right. So, oh, but wait a right minute, offer him to go, but, but maybe, maybe he can more promoted to head
0: coach. Yeah. Maybe right? Maybe he's looking maybe. At
1: I could take Ron Rivera's job. Right. But uh, at the end of the day, I think if, the, if it was really on the table, I think Bannon would go, I think he would go so he can play. Cause if you want to take that next level, it's great that I'm in this high powered offense that gets all the great calls. But if I don't get the recognition for the play calling, I'm never going to get that next level because, Look, I'm not getting it. He's getting interviews, but he's not getting jobs. I mean, think he's been a hack coordinator supposedly for three years on all these interviews, nothing, nada. So uh, it, it may be time for him to go shift gears or talk talk to Andy and say, Hey, Andy, what's the deal here? Right. you given Doug Peterson, he came in as a quarterback coach. You promoted him to, to play caller. He did that, got the head coach at Philly, and he was gone. Matt Nagy started off as a cor- quarterback coach moved to offensive coordinator, did not call plays for a while, then got to call plays, I think, in year two. He got the head coaching job for the Bears and moved on, right? Biennemi started, moved up the ranks, became offensive coordinator for five years now and still hasn't called plays. Why is that? Why is it Doug Peterson Matt Nagy been able to call plays on the promotion,
0: but Biennemi hasn't? So something's going on there. You hear that question? Maybe that question, the answer to that question is staring you right in the face, right? We don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but maybe we do know what's happening behind the scenes. Maybe Andy Reid, right, with Doug Peterson could see the offensive mind. And this is no disrespect to Eric me, but I'm just saying, right, He, you, you have that certain relationship and rapport with your coordinator. So maybe – when Andy was talking to Peterson and, you know, putting things on a whiteboard and, and just conceptually how they were going to scheme, he's like, yeah, you got it. Right. You weren't, we're in sync. You got it here. Here's the board. Maybe well, he did this with Matt Nagy. Well, be, right? well, a Peterson and Nat, Matt
1: Nagy were with him in Philly. Right?
0: Okay. So
1: they have a longer history with, with Andy Reid than Eric B <clears throat> Now, some is said so- here, that there's communication problems between Patrick and Eric. So is that part of the problem of why Andy Reid's still calling the place? I, I don't know. But if Eric really wants to go to the next the next phase, it's either he's got to straighten it out here, he's got to go somewhere else where he has an opportunity to call plays. Yes, it would be considered a lateral move, but I consider it a promotion because you're calling plays.
0: Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So let, let's go ahead and segue into uh this. Uh oh. Colts. I got
1: to talk about the Colts. Okay. Because it's odd in Indianapolis. Ursay wants Saturday to be the head coach, and there's inner fightings within the organization because other people within the organization want to move away from Jeff Saturday. Ursay wants Jeff Saturday. It's bizarre to me. I, I got nothing. Uh, I don't know what he did to say that he could be a head coach at, at one and seven and getting blown out and blown out on uh, uh most of your games as a coach. But here's an interesting coach that came in
0: for a second he interview. He was, was 24 and two on Madden. The way he called the plays in Madden and the way he was able to lead the Colts, Ursay was like, You're my guy. <laughs> See what I did here? See what I did here, Jim?
1: <laughs> but the second interview came for Aaron Glenn today, and so, which is positive. Uh, former Jet Aaron Glenn, um, and uh, uh, hopefully he gets that that true look. I'd love to see Aaron Glenn um, as a head coach uh, in the league, and I don't know if I like him in Indianapolis per se, but uh, I, I I don't like Jim Ursay as a owner. He's too erratic for me. Uh, I think he's too much about the headlines and, and news clippings and not about, about football operations and, and wanting to do the right thing. Um, and so, I mean, Jeff Saturday just tells you all you need to know about what he's thinking. Right. So, and and it sounds like I'm disrespecting Jeff Saturday. The problem is you just haven't coached on any level except for high school. And do you you're, think you're going to come in and just coach NFL not, players? You're not
0: disrespected. It's the truth. Well, and, yeah, but, and right. The truth resonated to watch what he was doing when he actually was standing on the sidelines no, no concept of clock management, no concept of game planning, right? You two weeks ago, you were sitting in a studio with a scripted, you know, set of what you're going to say. And next thing you know, you're out there with your boy, right. And and just go ahead and saying, okay, I guess I'm going to put the headset on and walk around with the khakis and you're you're not ready. You're, You're not ready. And it's, it's disrespectful to those that really have put in the time and, and have tried to work their way up. You talked about Eric Biennami in, in and his chase for that. You talked about D'Amico Ryans in his chase for that, right? Sean Payton getting the job, it, you know, he's he has earned that over the years and his success. But for these guys to be passed over by some guy that's just sitting with a sports coat and, so, and some shorts, right, no, a- absolutely not. And you know, for him to even be considered right now, yeah. You know, and this is no disrespect to him, but earn, earn your stripes, right? You're a great player, but you know how many great players have played the game? Thousands, thousands, right? And great players that won an opportunity to coach thousands, and, and you're just the benefactor of you know your your boys with with the owner. Maybe maybe that for all of the players in the league now, right? What you need to do is go buddy up to Jerry and go buddy up to Daniel and Robbie and, you know. I and, think
1: you know. Jeff Sada and Jim Irsay kind of, you know, got heroes at lunch and, and watched the Fifth Wheel, played a little Madden and some other shows at <laughs> once. And, and they just stroke up, you know, got, got a friendship, a, a friendship that is them and said, hey, you know, I, I can do this for you. I can do it for you on the cheap. I can save you some money, right? So. <laughs> I got you good on that one, didn't I? <laughs> did, did, did not expect that one. <laughs> that was that was for the Wayback Machine. That was for the
0: Wayback Machine. Oh so boy, 2003. <laughs> well, they say if these walls could talk, yeah, there were some battles. Those were some battles, though. <laughs> Those were some battles. And actually, the funny thing is, the pre-battles, when we tried to have the battle over the wire, it never really materialized, right? Because you get, oh, I'm froze. What do you mean you're froze? I'm running down the sideline. <laughs> I'm froze. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no excuse here. No excuse here. So <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so So this weekend... This weekend, um, or this past weekend, we, we saw w- interesting games in both, right? Uh, when you look at the first game, congratulations to the Eagles, first of all. Congratulations, Jay. Congratulations, Tanya. Uh, fly, Eagle, fly, right? Um, but the game, you, you had to. I'm not a big – how do I put this? I'm not a big Shanahan fan, Right? But you had to feel bad for the 49ers. First series, you know, the the Mr. Irrelevant, who turned out to be, you know, the second coming of, of Joe Willie back there, right? Or or whoever, you know, one a you know quarterback in the league. He goes down with a UCL injury. Right? Can't throw. He, he, he's done. So now they have to go to their fourth quarterback. Remember, Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo, then Purdy, and so now they got to go to Josh Johnson, right? Who Josh I think has played for every every team in the league. I, I truly believe that. Thirteen, 13. actually, thirteen. Yeah, and so he's he's competing with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? He he's logged some miles, but and Josh they- Johnson got to the playoffs. Fitzpatrick never did. Ooh, ooh, Fitzie, Fitzie, that's a shot at you. That, that I'm telling you now, that that's a shot at Fitzie. Um, but then Josh Johnson comes in and you already know, you, you know, it, it, you're going against a good team, right? Bringing in a fourth, the fourth quarterback who really doesn't really know the, the playbook. He may know the playbook, but really doesn't right. know the playbook for your team. And then he goes down, right? And you can see the sideline. They, they were scrambling. They didn't know what to do. Christian McCaffrey was an option. You check was an option, right? They, they, they you didn't see you know check that. with the coach.
1: I think it was Anthony Lynn on the sideline as they were going through the book. Right. <laughs> I just imagine what Anthony Lynn was thinking. I'm talking to my fullback about being recorded back. <laughs> wow.
0: I mean, it it was crazy. I was you know, I I didn't know what to think. I, I I really did feel bad for them. Um and then Purdy comes back in, and you know, I I question that decision. I really do. Because with Purdy coming back in, you knew that they weren't going to throw the ball, right? And, and if they did, it, it was he was he's still hurt, right? I I don't know why they wouldn't have just started running the Wildcat. And if you run the Wildcat and all of a sudden McCaffrey just takes the step and then drops back and just, you know, kind of throws a duck, it'll still be I don't know if he could throw or not, but the guy would be wide open because they, they would be stacking that box. Right, you'd be able to hit some some really big chunk plays. But um they, they really had no shot with, with those injuries. They they had no shot, and I feel bad for them. I, I knew the game was
1: over when – and I'm going to pick on Josh Johnson here for a second – when he fumbled the snap and he gave me an F effort to go jump on that fumble. He, like, he decided, like, I'm going to go in. I'm not really going to dive in. I've only played one game with the 49ers. I'm not getting my neck broken. And so I'm going to let the big boys try and figure it out. But when he didn't go die for the football, I said, that that that's it. I mean, if he would have recovered that football, I'm not saying they would have won the game, right? But, man, that momentum after that fumble, that, that was it. And then, obviously, it was an avalanche after that. It was just an avalanche of injuries. Josh Johnson went out, and then you're trying to figure out what to do, right? Mm. I don't think you're ever thinking you're going to have to run a wildcat in the middle of a football game. And if you really haven't practiced the wildcat and you're trying to implement that during a game, I mean, I'm here with you saying it's just hard to do to get everybody on that same page when you don't have any run-throughs during the week for it. So,
0: you know, but I, mean, I don't.
1: It a I don't know what
0: do. What's that? It sparks
1: a debate, though, Vince. It sparks a debate. Wait, and the third quarterback. You know, the NFL have three NFL quarterbacks active. What's yep. the difference? Right. Yep. Maybe Jimmy G would have suited up. Could have given you something. Right, because he was he's already on the practice field, so maybe he would have come back if they were allowed three quarterbacks. Because, you know, you just never know. And and this is, I think the competition committee needs to look at this. I'm not saying go the roster, but allow allow that ability. Why why do people care how many quarterbacks do I have? If I'm willing to dress whatever, what's the big deal?
0: I I, I think you're spot on, um, and, and I do think the competition committee just like they always make a tweak, right? Uh Bill's Chiefs, right? All of a sudden, overtime rules are changed. I think what they will do, and it just makes sense. You you're allowed that third, right? There's no financial penalty, no roster penalty, unless he plays, right? Similar to college with a red shirt, right? So you could you could almost envision that it would be like a red shirt, and he just sits there on the side. You have to go to. You can't bypass. You can't skip. Oh right, so you can't bring the down. three for the two if unless the two is there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then he comes in.
1: Yeah, I think that's perfect.
0: And so, yeah, I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see what what comes out of it. I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to hear something out of it. But if you're an eagle fan, you're loving every minute of it, right? You you know that you know. I'm not going to say a cakewalk, but in essence, you, you had a cakewalk. Uh, you, you're able to uh, hoist the, the championship trophy. Again, the most important championship trophy because that showed your dominance of your conference, right? Don't worry about the exhibition game. You know, that's a for all fun and games, it's just like the Pro Bowl the week before. Um, but then, Stevie D, we go to the nightcap. And this is where... There's I don't so know how to – there is. And, and, you know, I you, you watch the game, and even leading up to the game, Burrowhead, just like, what are you guys doing, right? What are you guys I doing? You, you, you did not even win the championship last year. You won the AFC championship, but you didn't win the big one, right? You don't have it at home. Which means that somewhere along the lines, yes, you may have beat them in the regular season, but you slipped up more than they did, right? And yes, just because you took out my Bills, right, who we we you, you exploited their weaknesses does not mean that you were the big, bad Cincinnati Bengals coming through, right? And you thought you were. And like you said, you poked the bear. And it was an interesting game because I do think that – in as much as you poke the bear, I, I do believe that Cincinnati uh, showed themselves quite well in that game, getting down early, Stevie D, uh, making the necessary adjustments, uh, and, and really playing heads up with um, with, with the Chiefs. I, I, as a Bills fan, you know, recently removed from this great playoff that we have. I was texting you, right? And I'm texting you like, we couldn't have done that? <laughs> we couldn't have done that, right? Because what you saw was uh, the Kansas City Chiefs exploit the weakness of the Cincinnati Bengals being that that offensive line. I mean, Burrow was under siege constantly, uh, especially in that first half, under siege, right? Um, and and to the point where I think they were held to six points at the end of the first half, right. Uh, That explosive offense really was shut down. The running game shut down. And and we had talked about, they're not a big running team. So I, I was, I I was disappointed again, right. My, my sorrow and disappointment was starting to go away, right. Leading up to this. And then I'm watching this and I'm just like, I'm rubbing my head, right. I, I, I have a migraine because I'm just like, I can't believe that Leslie Frazier could not scheme to, to be able to do this, right? And it just made common sense, and, you know, you're watching the Chiefs do that uh, to the Bengals. But one thing that, that Kansas City, I don't think, was prepared for is that Cincinnati has already been here. With this, right? Remember, Burrow got sacked like eight or nine times in in a game, right? So that's nothing new, and, and it's just to adjust it, and they adjusted nicely. But you get to the second half, and Stevie D. One of the things that I really want to talk about in the second half was the officiating, being impartial, right? I have I have no skin in this game, right? So being impartial. I live here, and I don't have skin in the game either, right? Maybe I was I you know no I was still impartial. It, it was hard for me because I can't stand the Chiefs, right? Can't stand the Chiefs, and we've already talked about. It. I don't like the fan base for for the Chiefs. You have now surpassed or equaled or surpassed Patriot fan, right? You feel anointed in in. So now I don't like your your organization. I do like some of the players, but I don't like your organization. In the Bengals, I like some of your players. There's some players, Eli Apple, who's going to Cancun. See, in Cancun, Eli. um, But, you know, you have some players and their fan base, their fan base is starting to get close to the Chiefs and the Patriots fan base, and you really haven't done anything yet, right? I'll give the Chiefs the fact that they won the Super Bowl or the exhibition game. I'll give them that. But the Bengals, you're, you're still no closer than you were back in 88, right? You're at the same spot, except for you have a great quarterback and you have great wide receivers, right? I love their quarterback and I love their wide receivers. But the officiating really, really was bad and you could see it, right? And again, that's, like you said, no skin in the game, being impartial. You sit back and you see things that just make you scratch your head. You're trying to figure out where, where is this coming from? And no more evident than that third and nine, or or the second third and nine. <laughs> what happens? I, uh,
1: I don't know how Zach Taylor did not throw every piece of equipment that was on that sideline on the football field. I, in all the years of watching football, I I don't know if I've ever seen a play at full speed. At the end of the play, say it was a do over without a penalty. The line yeah. judge from the back ran in, couldn't get anybody's attention. That play ran. Right? And then I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty. I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty. On the next play, you call a penalty on the defense to give them a first down. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You had a chance to right the wrong. Because the ball fell incomplete, and, and and it was going to be fourth down. No, first down. Oh,
0: my God. What, the players involved in that penalty weren't even involved in the play, right? The, the play was on the other side of the field.
1: Better yet, yes. It's just awful. It awful.
0: was. It was. And, and I don't... There there was a lot of talk and a lot of noise, and I think it was fan noise. I haven't heard the league come out, and maybe I miss it if they did. I didn't hear the league come out to discuss anything that happened. And it was so egregious that <laughs> – yeah, yeah, go Bills. Go Bills for sure. But it, it was so egregious <laughs> that – How does the league not come out to say, you know, we reviewed the tape and, you know, this play should have carried on, right? what What it does is that it shines a negative light on the NFL. It makes you question. As soon as you start to question, then all bets are off, right? And no pun intended when I say all bets are off because gambling is now so rampant, Right, whether it be legalized gambling in the states, fantasy football, the squares, illegal gambling, it it is it's more prevalent now than ever before. Right. And if I if I have money on the Bengals, right now I'm questioning, did I get screwed out of my bet? Right. Because these referees wanted the Bengals to get in and the or wanted the Chiefs to get in and the league knows about it. Right. How, how do how do I trust what's going on now as a degenerate gambler? Then I would go bet the next week, right? That's just what they do. But still, you know, it makes you wonder, right? We talked about what happened in basketball, right? And, and that was, you know, wide open, and the league addressed it. And I'm not saying that these referees were on the take. I'm not saying that. But you have got to get in front of this because you can't you can't allow the fans. You can't allow. The, the betters, you can't allow just the average Joe to think your game is tainted because you want to see Patrick Mahomes back in the Super Bowl.
1: So if you say something, are you admitting that something didn't happen? So if you just let it go and let it be people talking or whatever, if you don't address it, there's, you know, there's something to be said if you address it. So I'm curious. <laughs> what is the name of the stadium? It's an discount, discount double check. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. That's great. Ba- oh, ba- my God. Ba- that's ba- great. <laughs> but, but, but you he So there's a sequence of plays at the end of the game.
0: Here comes the conspiracy.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> he's not that far off there, right? I mean.
0: But walks like a duck and talks like a duck. It's a duck. But I I want to get I, to like I, I like where you're going there, DJ Coles. I like where you're going.
1: So I I want to get to like the last drive because there's a lot a lot of things that happen. So I'm going to lay out some things and we're going to go back back and forth a little bit, right? So the fixes it. So Mahomes does a dump off to Pachenko. How do we pronounce his last name? And he's about to get tackled by three linebackers by the Bengals. And I'm going to call him his last name. Hold on. on. I'm I'm going a lot of places here, right? So you got got to stick with me here. Stick with me here. So 57. (laughs) Remember that number, 57, because I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I'm just going to call him 57. The linebacker 57 misses the tackle
0: to go, hold on, Wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on, pause. You pause for one second. I need you to be very careful. <laughs> yeah. right. I'm telling you, I need you to be very careful as you do this. Okay.
1: Yeah, I,
0: I'm. I'm going to be as careful as Tony Romo was. You okay? need to
1: be better. You need to be better. Yes, Tony got himself in trouble. Okay. all right. So just be careful. Yeah. So so um, so fifty-seven is about to make the tackle with two other linebackers, and he, he lets Pachenko get away. And he allows him to get, like, I think it was almost 20 yards after that touch, okay? The next play thereabouts, it could have been the next play. Now, again, I think Pachenko went out of bounds. So not only if he would have stopped him at the 40, at the Chiefs' 40, they would have had to take in their last time out right then and there. You let him get an extra 20 yards after contact and he got out of bounds to save the timeout horrible by the three Bengal players, but I'm calling out number 57 for a reason. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to the play that two holding calls were now called on one by Orlando Brown, um, number 55, the, the left tackle. And there was another hold on the same play. And I don't know the number of the chief player, but Mahomes rolls out to his right. And as he's running out of bounds, he gets popped by number 58, right? When you watch it live, you're like, I'm yelling at the TV. How can you hit Mahomes? You got to be the dumbest player on the face of the earth. That was number 58, right? Again, don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to attempt it. I'm just going to call him by the number. All of a sudden, the following day, now I'm going to fast forward to the following day. Thank God for TikTok, right? I'm watching a totally different angle of the play. I'm not blaming the referees here, okay? I'm not blaming the referees for calling the the foul because it looked really bad. It looked really bad when you watched it live. But watching a different angle, the feet, not the legs, not the kneecap, the feet, as Mahomes was going this way and 58 was coming this way, the different angles showed them their feet touched in this incidental contact. Now, when you saw the hand on the shoulder, that wasn't a push. That was like he was trying to do it. They put his hand up, but their feet touched. Mahomes fell to the ground. The flag was thrown. Again, the angle that most people saw, you were going to say that's a personal foul. After watching that different angle, that was not a penalty. I'm not blaming the refs, but it was not a penalty. The reason why I bring up some of the sequence, and I'm bouncing a little bit here, is that at the end of the game, number 57 is yelling in the locker room. He said, he, he used the F-bomb, and he basically called out number 58, okay? Mm-hmm. And what pisses me off about that, as selfish as you are, two plays earlier, you had the guy dead to rights at the 40-yard line. We're in overtime if you made the tackle. How dare you call out your fellow player on that play? Because on the replay, he did not late hit the quarterback, it was unfortunate timing where their feet connected and Mahomes fell and he fell and it looked really bad. And that's what I feel bad about number 58 because his teammate came to his defense at the end of the game. He was bawling, crying on the sideline, knowing that he blew the team,
0: the game, but he didn't. In my view, he didn't blow it. he He apologized profusely for that after, like either later that day or the next day. He did apologize. I don't know if somebody got in his ear and said, Look, we're all a team. You can't do that. But he did apologize. I'm not excusing yeah. it. He I'm not excusing it. it. But you, you know, you, I, I'm not going to defend him because you you don't go after your own teammate. You you just don't, right? There there's plenty of plays in there in that game, right, that you could have done, or that he could have done, or that he did do right, maybe he covered for you, right, that all of a sudden you're magnifying one particular play, right? Uh, One thing that you did forget about, though, is how do you let Sky Moore get all the way down the field on that punt? Right, because if that doesn't happen, if that doesn't happen, it's almost like the 13 seconds again, right? Now you're backed all the way back with no timeouts or one timeout, and it's a done deal
1: how don't you kick it out of bounds? Why would you take the chance? You tell me these punters could not kick on an angle and still get a good punt and kick it out of bounds. Why take the chance
0: of a kick return? I'll I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. Because before it happened, I knew it was going to happen. And you probably did too. Because the punter out kicked the coverage. They talk about this all the time. Right when you outkick the coverage, all of a sudden, all of the blocking patterns, all all of the coverage schemes are now thrown out of whack. Right, guys in the angles and the lanes are now not where they're supposed to be, and what was a great kick turns out to be a great return, and that's what happened there. And you saw it, and you knew it was going to happen. And then he takes off, and you know he gets halfway down the field. Just you know, it was. You know, sometimes you say destiny, right? Uh, I don't want to think that it was destiny, but you know, looking at what happened with with the Chiefs, looking at obviously my Bills not performing, did not create the controversy. And you know, the NFL should be happy uh, that uh, Buffalo wasn't there, so that that game was played in Burrowhead. I mean, in Arrowhead. Um, you know they they should be happy that it was played there. Um, but at the end of the day, um, somehow I think the NFL got the matchup it wanted. Um, I don't think that the yeah. NFL really I like what you did I, I, I don't think they wanted Purdy versus versus you know, Mahomes or Burrow, and I think they really wanted Hurts versus uh, Mahomes, uh, the Eagles Chiefs. I mean, you you look at it, Kelsey, the Kelsey brothers going against each other, Andy going against his old team, right? There's so much there. There's storylines. So, you know, when when my cousin posts that the fix is in, (laughs) it makes you wonder, right? All the storylines next week, and we've already covered two of them that are going to dominate the headlines. You're also going to have... Two black quarterbacks going at it for the first time in the exhibition game. That's going to be another storyline. Can't wait for the Doug Williams question, the infamous Doug Williams question. So how long have you been a black quarterback? Well, that's a good question. Let me try to figure this one out. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, only on media day do, do you get these questions. So th- this ought to be good. Um, but, yeah, they, they have – and thus – and thus, this leads me to Stevie D, right? Talking about all of these storylines is why I call it the exhibition game. No, that is why. Why isn't anybody
1: talking about an Italian head coach, Nick <laughs> uh Why can we get some love here? To the Italian coach for coaching?
0: Where's where he from?
1: Italy. Come on, player.
0: Yeah, he's he's from Western New York. He's part of the seven one six, baby. He's part of the seven one six. So if we're gonna have any juice, <laughs> you didn't know that seven one six is still represented. you
1: something, Mister Western New York. You're not offended that you know because the Jets and the Giants, you know, they play in New Jersey. Like you always tell me, what's up with your state of New York lighting it up green and white for the Eagles?
0: You don't get no love I, for Buffalo. I, what's up with that? I, I saw that. I saw that in. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> if,
1: There's everything it, wrong with that. Now, as a it, Jet it, fan, probably, I look at it as it's really for the Jets, but.
0: <laughs> and, and that's what they need to play that off with. <laughs> that's what they need to say that some Jet fan went rogue in there and put that up there. <laughs> if if I'm a Giant fan, I'd be look at. Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I I don't know. I I saw that in. <laughs> just shook my head. I shook my head, but that's all right. As long as they do the proper thing and fund my stadium, I'm good. I, I'm completely – you know, that's another thing. If you get Coach Roberts on, I, I am very curious about the turf, field turf, grass, and the old turf, right? The The biggest thing with the old turf was that there was nothing underneath, right? Right. You, you were basically playing on indoor-outdoor carpet on concrete is what you were playing on back in the day, right? And now it's kind of changed, and, you know, now they've created this field turf. The other problem that you had with the old turf is that you had the seams as they used to sew it in, and so those seams start to come apart, and we saw what happened uh, in the old Eagle Stadium and, you know, all you know, basically throughout. I would love to hear his take, you know, and, you know, certainly see if you can get him out. I'd like to hear his take again, more with these injuries and what he saw and how he compares it, because there may be something you had mentioned when you were telling your story, you had mentioned about the non-contact injuries, right? There may be something to the new turf where it grabs too much, right? For these non-contact injuries. And I would love to hear you know his take on that i know uh and i forget what it is who it was but there's another team that is redoing their their turf going to the field turf and yeah. you know if that's what it is you know again the players association you're you're focusing on the wrong things right yeah. if you really are concerned about safety maybe it's not that we're not having as many practices during training camp it should be that there's a mandate for the requirements of the fields that your players are playing at.
1: Well, MetLife is um, one of those fields that are deemed unsafe. Uh, and, uh, and, and multiple reports came out about that. So it's going to be interesting what the New Jersey Sports Authority, along with the Jets and the Giants, are going to do with that field. And, you know, when you when you think about a NFL salary cap at $225 million, I think it's two twenty four point eight million or something, um, and with the investment you're making into the players? I mean, if the field costs you twenty million dollars to redo, that you, you should need to it's a no-brainer. It, it's right?
0: a no-brainer. Think
1: about between those two teams, you're going to have what uh, 400, $450 million, four uh, hundred, almost four hundred fifty million dollars. Four four hundred fifty million dollars in salaries. Why wouldn't you invest? You split the cost in half, and you get the field. It costs you half as, a, as any other team, right, to redo the field. You consider yourself lucky. All right and, and just redo the field obviously there's something wrong with that field the manufacturer maybe it was the year that turf came out you know that was oh 12 maybe uh tw- 2012 that that field came out right so now it's it's 10 it's going to be 11 years old maybe maybe it's time that you know technology has changed with turf that we need to rip that out and, and get the, a newer a newer uh, turf frame
0: on there. But I'll say this though, Stevie D before you start investing in the newer field turf, right? I need to, I need to hear from the experts on how my players can withstand the rigors of playing a game, going at it, you know, you know, the push, pull, the tackle, all of that, all the hits, and then have my player just run and all of a sudden a grab right there at that instance, and now either I have an Achilles that's gone or I have something going on with the knee. No contact. How, how does your field all of a sudden become the, the devastating force here, right? And until you can answer that question for me, then these owners, and I know there's an expense to it, but they need to go back to looking at grass. We talked about grass a long time ago. I get the expense of the upkeep of, of the turf and everything but to your point that investment in maintaining that field pales in comparison to the amount of money that I'm spending for my roster right it pales in comparison to potentially a high draft pick or a, you know a great player any player but really uh, the investment you have in a high pick that could be you know permanently done or severely compromised, where he's no longer the same, all because you said we'll save money here and go with this. Hey, I go back to the players' association. I really do. Uh, I, what about the shoes? Right. What about the the cleats or
1: the turf shoes that they're using? Uh, maybe there has to be a different type of shoe that has to be on field turf, right? Because that's the yeah. only thing that's contacting the ground is, is the shoe, right? So I, I would even look at the type of shoe that they're, they're using on turf, and maybe the, the, the bottom of it has to be redesigned to, to I don't know, not get caught. I, I, don't, I don't know what's getting caught for them to, to, to tweak the ACL. Uh, but the Giants and Jets have a, have a unique situation because every week a football game gets played. Where in most stadiums you get a week off sometimes, or you play two weeks in a row and then you're gone for two weeks, and the
0: grass has a chance
1: to heal. In that stadium, you don't.
0: I I have a solution for that. Go play back in the city that your name is on. Yeah. Go get your own yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. then you got
1: nine weeks. Well, the Jets have an opt-out, and so they're uh at a at Life, and so they have already started negotiation. Well, there's one um, um, senator that's already starting to get the talk back in New York about getting the Jets a new st- a stadium within New York. Um, so we do have an opt-out I,
0: I did not follow the Jets. I just didn't like the Jets until I met you. Okay? That's when I started to pay more attention to the Jets. Do you know how many times I've heard that the Jets are going to try to, you know, come back and somebody's trying to push for them to come back?
1: Yeah. That's up to there's your
0: owner. The, the problem is
1: where they were going to build this, the the stadium. Where, uh, for New Yorkers, it, it's the West Side Highway. Okay, there's the old rail yards that are, that are vacant, and New York City lights. Um, you know, the, the people of Manhattan don't want a football stadium. They don't want they they don't want the eighty thousand fans coming in and around where they live and stuff like that. And so they're not voting for it. That's the problem where we can't get it there um and so it's it, it's a it's a it's a debacle that the Jets organization wants it, like the Giants don't want to come back the Jets want to come back it's you know the snobs they don't want you know that that type of stuff and I don't know where else you can put it um you can Des Moines. I don't know what's it's like uh, just north of Manhattan you know do you come back on Long Island and, and how does that play out do you have a spot on Long Island for, for it but you can't go out too far out east Uh, Because that's not going to be good. you got to be somewhat central. It's like what happened with the Rays in baseball, right? If you go out on Eastern Long Island where you have room, who the hell wants to go all the way that way to go watch a game? There's only one way in and one way out. Uh, Where if it's you're centrally, everybody's got a chance to come from everywhere. So it's not easy. But the Jets do have an opt-out. I'd like to say it was 2025 they have a decision to make. So, again, they can re up their lease to stay until stadium is built, but they have a decision to make by 2025.
0: I, in, in my head, it's just floating around the Des Moines Jets. Yeah, D, DJ.
1: Look, let me tell you. You know, you know the fan rules, right? You know one of the fans, right? The fan rules, right? Yeah. Rules of engagement, uh, being a fan. Yeah.
0: Right?
1: What's one of the rules? If your team moves out of state, you have you can pick whatever team you want to root for, right? So you're 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 coming to Bills Mafia? No, no, no. Wait, what are you talking about? Again, I was a young, impressionable kid. The Giants were the up-and-coming team, and I, I could have jumped ship, right, as, as in the fandom, in the book, in the handbook, but no, I stayed loyal.
0: I'm just saying, I'm a loyal fan. Saying they, if they go to Des Moines, you have an option. Well, just right? like It'll when you guys a-
1: were going to go to Toronto. When you guys were going to move to
0: Toronto, you had oh, that option. <laughs> I have, oh, boy, was I not happy. I was not happy. <laughs> you guys were playing your home games up there. I mean, oh boy, was I not happy! Uh, you know, I still don't get along with Bon Jovi. Not at all. I don't get along with Trump. I don't get along with Molson. I don't get along with Labatt. I don't get along with the city of 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 Toronto. I've disavowed myself to everything because they all tried to take my bills. Right? So no, something. I have no love for anybody. Move
1: away from Molson. That's a pretty go back. Go back. That's a yes. pretty big deal. That is a pretty big deal.
0: It was. It was. But I, I said, that's it. Right? None of it. None of it. I, I, I don't even want to go back. You, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. Even though I still have some friends in Toronto. You're okay, but your city is dead to me.
1: Well, that's what New Yorkers typically say about people from Jersey. Yeah, you're dead to me. Right? So it's kind of like the same thing. <laughs> we didn't say it over football. We said it for a lot of other things, but.
0: So Stevie D, um, definitely work on um, seeing if you can yeah. get Coach Roberts. I, I'd love, I'd love to have him on. Um, I, I've been going back and forth with uh, Nate Turner, and uh, I told him you're you're next. You, you, you got to come on the show. He he he's down. So hopefully we get Nate in the coming weeks. I know next week, you know, obviously we want to talk about the big game coming up. Um, you know, I know Jay is going to be tied up with some things, but maybe we can get Jay on for just a little bit, right? Jay, if you're if you're watching this, this is next week's going to be your show. Same with Tanya, right? Next week is going to be your show. Um, maybe Sean Barber. Right? Maybe we maybe we do like we did with our fantasy football. We bring we them no all heart. together. Yes, you know we'll right? have we, no control. You know we'll have no control. That's all right. I'll just have some popcorn. Yeah, and I'll sit yeah. back and, and just let them go at it, right? Yeah. And, and but now think about this though, Stevie D. As the host, we do have the power. you, know, you haven't we do have i have a need to i right? you, you know you're doing pretty good right you're doing pretty good and, and you brought me back right so and plus you know knowing that i i kind of gave you the insights into the admin council and now you know where the button is you know i i don't want you to reciprocate right <laughs> so this is pretty cool <laughs> what's this one do <laughs> So, but, uh, no, we want to thank everybody. Terry. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for, for checking in with us. Yeah, uh, Glenn, Glenn, we appreciate you. I do have to say, by the way, ha- happy birthday, Gerald. Gerald is, is a watcher and a subscriber and a follower. <laughs> As you can see, Gerald, I, I did give away, uh, you know, the inside joke. I'm glad you can laugh now, right? It's been a long time. Let let things heal. We were kids, right? I'll, I'll just say that. But uh, you, you weren't happy. We yeah. weren't. <laughs> <Holy fart. laughs> but I, I I hope you had a happy birthday. So definitely happy birthday, yeah, happy Gerald. birthday, Gerald. Um, and then to that CBD to to everybody out there. Again, we appreciate you know the likes. We appreciate the subscribes. We appreciate the views. Uh, I think we were going over it. You know, last week's show had a ton of people watching, and we appreciate that. Um, and so if you get a chance, social media, I know my man, Stevie D is his social media game is on point over there. Right. Uh, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can catch us all over the place there. Obviously our website, OWSports.net, you know, give it, you know, give us a a look, um, some great links too. uh, one of the things that, you know, I'll just. Kind of move from there. If you go to the cap space tab, especially for for Bills Mafia, if you go to the cap space tab from OWSports.net, there's an option where you can manage the roster. Right. You can play Billy Bean. I I I found this little button out, Stevie D. And again, for everybody out there, it's not only on the Bills on the Bills section; it's also on the Jets section. Uh, but if you go there, right, and, and you click on a cap space and go to manage the team, at least from Bill's Mafia, we can figure out how to recover the $22 million that were over the cap, right? Yeah. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Now, granted, this, bad is not, 3 million? this is not with the cap going up. So we're going to get a little bit of relief, but we're still going to be over. But now you can see who you can restructure, right? Who who needs to have that conversation or who you need to have that conversation to say, are you really committed and invested into this team into winning? Or are you committed to additional zeros in your paycheck? Now we can we can you know do right by you, Josh Allen. So if we figure this out, right, there's a lot of money to be saved by people restructuring their contracts, Josh Allen, the way that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady had done in the past big-time quarterbacks, Josh Allen. If you do this, you'll notice the big savings which would allow us to strengthen the offensive line, Josh Allen, so that you, Josh Allen, will have protection to be able to look down the field, maybe go through your progressions, maybe to hit those short passes. All of this takes place because, Josh Allen, we need you to go through and sit down and have a conversation with Brandon Bean. Right, because Stevie D, as I was clicking through the ones that we could restructure, you know, I looked at Roger Saffold. Like, can I restructure? Can I get rid of him? What can I do? He saves us no money, right? So I'll, I'll leave you on the team, Von Miller. Even to redo his deal doesn't do us any any favors, right? I think we save a hundred dollars. Like, What's a hundred dollars? That's a tip for these guys, right? But you know, there there is one player, seventeen, who if if he does right, and does what he's supposed to do. Um, we we may be. A,
1: I think he'll do it. I,
0: I hope. I hope he does. They're not going to lose money. They're just
1: going to stretch it out longer. That's all. They That's do.
0: exactly right. And, and they, to your point, you say this all the time. At some point, you're going to have to pay up, right? It's just, are you paying now or are you paying later? I'll pay it later. Before before we go, I do think two things that we did not talk about, and I don't want to stretch it out too long. Two things though, they both rezo- revolve around the Pro Bowl. Okay. First you can't call it a Pro Bowl. Well, the first is funny where (laughs) Josh says, I'm not playing in the Pro Bowl, I'm hurt. Okay, no problem, Josh. You know, you get this and, and you got your note. Then Josh turns around and says, But I am going to Pebble Beach to play in the Pro Am. And I was like, nice, nice. I'm gonna skip these festivities and go play golf. But the other I, I just point. want, <laughs> I just want to know how a quarterback who has thrown two touchdowns in his season, not not in a game, not in a quarter, not in a half, in his season, warrants and merits being named to the Pro Bowl roster, <clears throat> unless there are all right. So you have to take away Mahomes because he's going to be in it. So that's fourteen, right? There were two others selected, so that takes you down to 12. That means that there had to be 11 other quarterbacks that you were better than and that were not hurt in order for you to be named to the Pro Bowl. Please tell me how Huntley was named as a Pro Bowl quarterback. I, I And I don't want this to go too long because we've we, we stretched it out, but help me here, Steve. Help I, got I I, I got asked you and Jay, I asked you and Jay in our in our little group chat. I, How does this happen? I I don't even know why you need another quarterback.
1: There's no football game that's being played. Well, why well, do you need true. another quarterback? What are you playing a flag football game? You're having a skills competition. Why do you even have to name another quarterback? It, it it's it's silly. Just go with two. I think they'll
0: survive. It it, it makes it a joke. Right. I go back to I go back. I go back to what what my cousin posted. Right. It it makes you wonder. Right. It really makes you wonder what they're thinking and what they're doing. And moreover, it makes you wonder what they think about us. That that we're like, oh Huntley's out there, you know, yeah, you know, he uh and no disrespect to him. Right, he came in as the backup. Maybe they so thought he it could was have a
1: passing rating of 158.3 with two touchdown passes and no interceptions, and that was his season. Doesn't mean that you're in the Pro Bowl, right? So, I mean, come on, it's got to be you got to qualify by a certain amount of snaps.
0: Yeah, you have to. Player of the week, maybe runner up to player of the week. I mean, I mean at, at this point, right. right. what that I was just gonna say that if Mike White wasn't hurt, Mike White should have been in there. Mike White was in hey, he toast the town for a couple of weeks. Zach could have been in there the way he played our Bills. Well, you know, he had a good game against the Bills. Right, good game manager. He could have been in there. I I don't get it. I, I think the but, I think that would have broke the internet if Zach Wilson would have put the name to the promo. The internet would have been broken. What about Kenny Pickett? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. As bad as Russ was, what about Russ? I mean, he was bad, right? What about uh, was it Davis Mills down in Houston? He was bad. It's, but it's just not a good look.
1: It really is. Kenny Pickett probably would have been the right
0: sub. Mac Jones, he could have gone. Yeah, you know. He's probably crying right now. Oh, one more thing.
1: <laughs> Sorry, we're never going to be done tonight, man. You know we're never going to be done tonight.
0: Now, now <laughs> this this was funny. When, when, when I said Mac Jones, it made me think about this. Because Mac Jones is always seen with the cigar, right? Okay. okay. The funniest, funniest, and I don't know what they call these little videos that people make and all that. But it was a TikTok video hilarious and if you haven't seen it you have to go look i guess the 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 best keyword is who day but better yet if you go to our page i know that i reposted it on our page it was done by the bengals fans or by a bengal fan that where they send pat mahomes a gift he opens a box and it says to pat from day right d-e-y and in there is a cigar, and Mahomes is supposedly on the phone, and he's like, "Yeah, I just got the gift," and I said, "Who'd you get the gift from?" It says Day. Who? Day. Who? Day. Who? Day. <laughs> I am dying because now he's going through the whole Bengal chant, and then it, it flips over to Joe Burrow, uh, or who's supposed to be Joe Burrow, smoking a cigar, laughing like you got to see. When I tell you that Savage, right, there there have been a lot of videos out there, you know, fans and all that kind of stuff. That one was so cold. I mean, it was Savage. I was like, oh, man, oh, man. So – if you get a chance, if when we were talking about Mac Jones' cigar, there was a cigar in there. It reminded me of that. you get a chance, go to owsports.net, go to our Facebook page. You'll see the video. It It, it, is, it is something to, to behold, that's for sure. But, Stevie D, I promise now that I'm going to wrap this up, right? And, again, we want to thank everybody. Thank you for those who have stuck around and to hang out with us as we talk about this. Next week, obviously, we'll be leading up into the big game. Maybe we have a little festivities that would be great, uh, but we we certainly enjoy everybody. We enjoy the feedback, enjoy the comments, and this is always fun. So uh, once again, thank you for my co-host Stevie D. I'm Vince. We'll talk to you.